Hello and welcome to Stonebridge's online worship. I'm Associate Pastor Jonathan Lucia. This week in worship, uh, you can expect to hear uh, this week's church announcements, and I will be bringing the message titled Cultivate Personal Positive Influence. That will be followed by two worship songs. Welcome to worship. Welcome to Stonebridge. Here are some announcements and things to know. This past week, we continued our special five-week podcast series called Stonebridge Parents. Children and Family Ministries Director Stephanie Leedy sat down with Senior Pastor John Sauer and talked about fatherhood and Christian parenting. This coming Tuesday, Miss Stephanie will sit down with Pastor Jonathan and talk about reflections of parenting in the Bible. You won't want to miss it. Look for these special episodes within the Stonebridge podcast. Stonebridge has a job opening for a student and family ministries director. If you or someone you know would be interested in this position, please contact the church office. And lastly, we would love to know that you're participating in worship. Continue to share your news, prayers, and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or if you're following along in the Bible app, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are an important part of Stonebridge's community of faith. Once again, welcome to worship. In my family, I was raised the youngest of four siblings. One of my older brothers is actually 12 years older than I am. And as a child, uh, my mom used to drag me to his cross-country meets. He was a a really good cross-country runner. And I don't know if you've ever seen a cross-country meet, but uh, they are the most boring things ever, especially if you're a young child. Uh, you know, the, the gun is shot off, and there's a pack of guys that would run off and then disappear. And then about 40 minutes later, they would come trickling in one by one. And as a child, it was one of the most boring things that I had to endure. But my mom dragged me to these events. My, my brother was a good runner, and uh, consequently, he would do cross-country in the fall, and he would do track and field in the spring. Now, track and field, as a child, uh, I enjoyed. There's a lot going on at a track meet, and my brother used to run the 400 relay. I don't know if you're familiar with the 400 relay. It's when four runners act as a team, and they run uh, essentially a 100-yard dash, pass a baton, and then the next person runs a 100-yard dash, pass the baton, and they do this four times. All right, the 400-yard relay is the most exciting event of track and field, and it's usually saved as the last event of a track meet. And my brother, as I said, used to run this. Now, as I was thinking about this, I, I, I looked up the rules of um, the 400 relay. And uh, the rules include, uh, some of them I, I think are kind of funny when, when I read them out loud. You can't improperly overtake another competitor. You cannot prevent another competitor from passing. You cannot willfully impede or interfere with another competitor. So I, I just think it's funny because I'm imagining a race where uh, people are bumping into each other, grabbing each other, and tripping each other, and then all of a sudden, I thought it was more like roller derby than the 400 relay. Now, here are the rules that I wanted to highlight, though. Uh, these are rules that would disqualify you, by the way. One rule is uh, that would disqualify you would be losing the baton and or passing the baton improperly. As a metaphor, the 400 relay 
The idea of passing the baton wonderfully conceptualizes the treasured principle in today's scripture. Today, I'm continuing the message series, Cultivate. And for the past several weeks, we've been focusing on Paul's letter to the Philippian church. Today's scripture comes from Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Let me read that again. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Now, the first thing we're going to do is dig into the scripture a bit and then examine its practical applications for our lives. When one first reads this verse, it initially sounds as if Paul is totally arrogant. It sounds as if Paul is totally full of himself. Follow my example. That's what Paul writes. However, within the verse itself, there are clues which indicate that it isn't totally arrogant. There is a progression. It reads, follow my example, and then it proceeds to follow our example, and then it proceeds to follow the example of those who live as we do. Of course, in this verse, when it, it says, follow my example, that's Paul referring to himself. Follow Paul's example. But then it proceeds to follow our example, follow our model. Now, who is that? Well, uh, as a reminder, the, the letter to the Philippian church is written by Paul, and if we were to go back to the first chapter of this letter, we would see that it begins with essentially the words, I, Paul, and Timothy to the church in Philippi. So, the us in verse 17 refers to Paul and Timothy, and it also may refer to a man known as Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. Now, he was a leader of an envoy from the church in Philippi to Paul. Now, as a reminder, the, the letter to the Philippian church was written while Paul was in prison. And Timothy uh, was there in Rome while Paul was in prison, taking care of his needs, finding things uh, for him if he needed food or, or whatever. He, he, was, he was basically uh, Paul's assistant while he was in prison. So, the Philippian church sends an envoy to Rome, and this includes Epaphroditus. And it, essentially, the church uh, was sending Paul a care package, uh, you know, brownies, chocolate chip cookies, a, a set of batteries in case his battery went dead. And they arrive in Rome, and, uh, and, and this is the occasion for which Paul then writes the letter to the Philippian church. And Paul would uh, have written this down, or more likely, he would have dictated his letter and a scribe would have written it down. Now, side note, if you're familiar with Paul's uh, letters in the New Testament, there are times when you're reading it and it sounds as if uh, he's kind of on a, on a tangent. Um, and when you're reading it, you can see that it's actually written, even in trans English translations, as if it's a run-on sentence. Well, there's a reason for that. If Paul dictated many of his letters, he was essentially thinking out loud, and it was the scribe who was trying to keep up with his thoughts. So, 
Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, follow my example. He then says, follow our example, and that our refers to Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. And it's likely that Paul wrote the letter to the Philippian church and gave it back to that envoy that then returned to their church, and together they read that letter from Paul to the church. And then lastly, Paul writes, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. And so Paul isn't being completely arrogant in this verse. And here I want to include a very important side note. Uh, in Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul writes, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. So, Paul was never saying, look at me. He was always saying, look at me as I seek to follow Christ faithfully. On the, on the New Testament whole, Paul's intent is always Christ-focused. And it's at this time that I think I want to introduce my first point of today's message, and that is this. Keep your eyes out for personal positive influencers. Keep your eyes out for personal positive influencers. Now, the principles I am presenting today could be applied to multiple areas of our lives. They could be applied to our professional life. They could be applied to parenting. They could be applied even to our academics in case you are a student. But for today's purposes, I'm addressing these principles specifically as they apply to our Christian spiritual growth. I'm applying these principles as they uh, address our spiritual formation. Keep your eyes out for personal positive influencers. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5 reads, A wise person will hear and increase in learning, and a person of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Keep your eyes out for personal positive influencers. In other words, we're on a Christian journey. We'll call it a relay race. And in today's scripture, Paul is commanding us to be on the lookout for those who are going to pass us the baton. Paul is commanding us to look, be on the lookout for those who are going to pass us the, the, the spiritual Christian baton and do so successfully. Do you know who that person is in your life? Who is your Christian spiritual mentor? Who in your life is imitating Jesus in such a positive way that you want to emulate them? And by the way, by what criteria do we discern who ought to be our Christian mentors? Well, it ought to be those who are living out biblical principles. It ought to be those living out Christian virtues such that we want to be like them. So, what are those virtues? What are those principles? Firstly, I want to address the question specifically to the Philippian context and then take a broader look at Paul's other letters. Specific to the context, Paul has numerous times within the Philippian letter elevated the three following virtues, self-sacrifice, humility, 
and perseverance in the face of suffering and persecution. Now, that last one uh, just seems obvious. Paul is in prison himself. He is suffering. He is being persecuted. So, these are the things on the forefront of his mind. And he's encouraging the church, uh, who he may be concerned for. They may get arrested. They may be persecuted. And so, he's encouraging them to persevere in the face of those types of things. Now, we may never suffer. Uh, We may be persecuted the way Paul was. However, in our lives, uh, we will have seasons of suffering when we are uh, going through challenging things, a financial crisis or a health crisis, and and Paul is encouraging the church then and now to be strong in the midst of those seasons of our lives, to to not just uh, cut and quit when things get tough. He elevates humility encouraging us not to think of ourselves higher than we ought, to to respect and hold up others. There's no hierarchy, there's, there's no classism, there's no sexism, there's no racism in the Christian faith. We are all God's beloved, and Paul encourages us to be humble about that in our relationships with others. And lastly, just the idea of self-sacrifice, that that we should put others' concerns and needs before our own. Now, in a broader context, it's Paul who writes in Galatians chapter 5 about the fruit of the Spirit, and he elevates other characteristics and virtues as well. The fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Now, he contrasts this in Galatians as well. As much as we can be looking for good role models, good positive personal influencers in our lives, he contrasts this with what we should not be looking for in others. And he makes this point clearly. Paul writes that we should not be looking for these type of characteristics. Galatians chapter 5, 19 and following. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, and the like. He says, I, I I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, these are the characteristics that we are looking for as models in our lives, as personal positive influences in our lives. It only goes to show that you're only as good as the company you keep. I was taught this uh, when I was young. Uh, When I was in eighth grade, I was really into basketball, and I had a basketball coach that taught me this truth. He encouraged the team that when we weren't practicing with each other, he said, when you're playing pickup games in the park and and when you're playing games, uh, basketball with other people, he goes, always play basketball with people who are better than you. He goes, inevitably, you will become a better basketball player when you're playing players that are better than you. So, where do we find these personal positive influences in our lives? I'm going to suggest two things, and they're both church-related. 
firstly, I, I, I as always, uh, always am promoting growth groups here at Stonebridge Community Church. Because it's in growth groups that we shuffle the deck socially, that, that you get uh, involved in the lives of others on a weekly basis. You study together, you learn together. But at the same time, by shuffling the social deck, so to speak, we get to know people who may not be um, as mature in the faith as you are. Uh, they may be seeking the truth and, and trying to learn more about the Bible. But on the other hand, we may also be in the room with someone who's been a Christian their entire lives, and they have a, a lot to give and speak into our lives. Um, so that's one place, right, where, where we can up our game by the company we keep, growth groups. Now, as another example, I want to talk to parents specifically. And I want to put a plug-in for children's ministries and youth ministries at churches in general and at Stonebridge specifically. Now, as a reminder, my point right now is keep your eyes out for personal positive influencers. And we can do the same on behalf of our children. See, churches have a built-in mentoring program. And, and they're called youth ministry and they're called children's and family ministries. And the volunteers that are recruited, uh, the employees that are hired, uh, they have the God-given gift mix and they have the Christian character that we want our children to be hanging out with. And, and there's this limited period of time as parents that we can actually influence who our kids are hanging out with. Uh, my kids are older, 19 and 21, respectively. And I got to be honest with you, at this point, who they hang out is out of my control. But there's that, these young age, when, you're, when your children are young, that you can influence who they're hanging out with. And so it's important for families to be getting to church and introducing their children to children's programs, inter introducing their teens to the youth group, because it's there where they're going to interact and they're going to meet personal positive influencers. God-given, gifted Christian role models for their lives. The first most important influence on their, your child's life is you, the parent. Which leads all of us to my second point. Aspire to be a personal positive influencer. Aspire to be a personal positive influencer. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7 reads, Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. So, imagine if you're the fourth runner in the relay, and imagine the race has started, and the first runner has come out of the blocks and has started their sprint, and you can see them running a good race. They're running as hard as they can. And, and they successfully pass the baton to the second runner, and the second runner is giving it all they can. They're running, they're sprinting, they're giving it all they got, and, and they successfully pass the baton onto the third, and you're the fourth runner. And all of a sudden, you see that third runner coming around the curve in the track, and they're coming towards you, and, and they're, they're ready to reach out and hand the baton off to you. And imagine if you successfully get the baton, and then you decide, 
to just lay down? No. Today's scripture and the scripture that I just read from Hebrews commands that we, having received the baton, we must now run the race just like those who have handed it off to us. So not only are we to be on the lookout for personal positive influencers on our faith, we too are called to be a personal positive Christian influence on others. And we cannot allow ourselves to be deceived by the excuse, well, I'm just not there yet, or I'm just not a mature enough Christian to have a positive influence on anyone. The truth is, no matter where you are in the race or put another way, no matter how spiritually mature or immature you may think you are, there is always going to be someone who knows less than you about the Christian faith, and there's, and there's always going to be someone who knows more than you about the Christian faith. So, we need to be looking for the personal positive influencers in our lives for our own spiritual growth, and we need to be the personal positive influencer in the life of someone else. So, in the same way that I asked earlier, who has been a personal positive Christian influence in your life? I am now going to ask, who is the one person in your life who would say that you are their personal positive influencer? If one person's name or face does not come to mind, then, well, we need to be honest with ourselves and admit before God that we might be doing it wrong. But for those of you who are parents, or for those of you who are involved grandparents, I would like to think that your children or your grandchildren might be the recipients of your personal positive influence in their lives. Now, becoming a personal positive Christian influence ultimately ups your game. When we say yes to God and choose not only to receive the baton, but also to run the race as best we can, and then also pass the baton, all of a sudden, the extra weight that is slowing us down is easily jettisoned. What do I mean? I mean things like the hatred, the anger, the discord, the jealousy, the rage, the selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, all of those things are so easily jettisoned when we realize that we are a positive Christian role model in someone else's life. And the things that up our game become so desirable, the things that I mentioned before, the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, we, we, we want to get rid of those things that slow us down, and we, we, we embrace the things that up our game when we know that we are the personal positive influencers. You know, a wise friend once said to me, you're only as successful as your successors. For the sake of others, aspire to be a personal positive influencer. And for your own well-being, keep your eyes out 
for the personal positive influencers in your life. Let me conclude with this. Once upon a time, there was a man who was about to die. And he was filled with regret because he had lived a selfish, terrible life. He was dying. And his dying request was this. Bury my influence with me. How sad it would be if we shared his fate. Let us desire to run the race well, not only receiving the baton successfully, but also passing the baton successfully to this generation and the next. Amen.
soul I give you control Consume me from the inside out Lord, let justice and praise And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and give you peace. Go now, recognizing that you can be a personal positive influence in the lives of others. Amen.